Hello, this is Les Goldberg, and welcome to The Road Ahead. The Road Ahead podcast is dedicated to the future of the live events business, bringing together industry experts. Hello, production world. This is Les Goldberg and The Road Ahead. Today, I have three amazing guests. I have Jeff Moore, who's the Executive Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer for Ross Video. I have Berto Mora, who is a partner and head of research for All of It Now, a content production company. And I also have Sean Borowski, who's the Director of Research and Development for Brainbox, an ETP company. Hey, guys, welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here. Today, our subject is augmented reality. We're going to kind of focus on one version of all the realities we live in. And um, so today, all of our uh, discussion will be dedicated to augmented reality. So I'm going to throw these questions directly to Berto. And, and the question is, what is augmented reality and how does it differ from the other realities that we have? Yeah, so augmented reality, also known as AR, um, you know, is a way of, um, you know, superimposing uh, visual graphics over, you know, our reality. So our realities are physical space. Um, you know, with the technology today, we actually have, um, you know, headsets that, uh, like glasses, I've you seen a variety of these different um, technologies, you know, in the past where we can actually wear them and, you know, composite graphics over them. Uh, so that's kind of the, the most basic form of augment reality. Um, and, you know, it's, it starts to get a little bit more complicated once you start spatializing the augmented reality in the virtual space um, or the physical space together and merging them together. So one of the biggest things uh, with augmented reality that you can do as well is interact with the graphics and the real world. So, you know, we can, for example, um, you know, walk down the street and start seeing virtual billboards. This is something that we're going to see in the future. Um, so, uh, in short, uh, augmented reality is just, you know, compositing uh, 3D graphics or graphics within our physical world. You know, I am so excited about seeing billboards. I'm going to have to have some special glasses, obviously, if I'm going to see these cool billboards. But I have a sign. I think I'll look at a business and it'll have a sign like you know, 99 cent uh, Starbucks coffee or something and with my special glasses. So, I'm going to throw this question to Sean. Sean, what is the ideal use case for AR in live events? You know, most individuals are familiar with augmented reality in the form of a mobile device. Um, you know, popular applications like Pokemon Go or uh, filters over your Instagram or Snapchat pictures are how people are familiar with uh, a, a kind of first use to, of this technology. But as we enter into uh, live event space, as, as we are getting our message across to a, uh, an audience, whether that audience is in front of us or that audience is remotely uh, across the internet or broadcast, um, this is an opportunity to use more impactful graphics um, to have a presenter uh, really illustrate their message visually in a new and unique way. Um, if you can imagine uh, announcing a new um, pharmaceutical product uh, and having the DNA strand kind of spinning in space where a presenter can uh, interact with it, or uh, to have a new physical product like a automotive part uh, where we can deconstruct it uh, in the space in front of you, not just kind of on a PowerPoint slide, but, but in space in front of you um, as the presenter kind of points at this widget and that gear. Um, these are some really, really awesome opportunities to utilize uh, augmented reality in a, uh, in a performance and in a presentational venue. 
You know, that sounds super cool, Sean, the DNA strands and the deconstructing cars. You know, uh, I'm going to throw this to Jeff because Jeff, you know, a lot of us are, they're talking about very creative things from the perspective of the manufacturer who has to build machines that actually help create augmented reality. How do you go about doing it, knowing as they've described these use cases? And obviously we're a partner with Ross and the Voyager solutions for augmented reality, and we use them regularly. And so could you give us maybe from the manufacturer's perspective, when you have creative folks and technical folks, how do you go about building things that allow us to do this? I, I think uh, there's is part art and part science in all of this and, and uh, making it all work. And uh, one of the, the big things for us is, is uh, getting that feedback, right, about um, from the users, from, you know, guys like Berto and Sean, they're actually where the rubber meets the road in this technology. And uh, feeding that back into our products to make them uh, more usable, easier to set up, uh, more realistic looking. Um, so we spend a lot of our time and energy on that. And then also, you know, providing a backstop. Um, we have, you know, expertise in-house to, to bring to bear to help solve problems. And uh, as, we, as we roll these things out, um, the technology has, has gotten a lot easier over the years and a lot better in terms of uh, what you can do with it. Um, but there, obviously, it's, it's uh, still, you know, uh, somewhat exotic technology and, and you need the right expertise uh, to, to make it work. Whenever you're dealing with new technology, it's always great to have the manufacturer behind you so you can overcome those obstacles. And uh, I can say you've done that with us on a few occasions already. But I want to throw this to Berto. What are some of the misconceptions about using augmented reality in live events? You know, maybe things that people don't understand. Yeah, so, you know, we've done augmented reality for a few projects. I think one of the most successful ones was uh, the BTS, uh, Korean K-pop group. Um, and we did a AR tour for that uh, project. So, you know, they went around the world. Uh, they would set up their system. Um, and from there, you know, we would show that on the IMAX screen. Um, a lot of people think that when they when they... <laughs> It's really interesting because a lot of people think augment reality is just going to appear in front of their eyes. Um, but as Sean mentioned, uh, the most common way of seeing this uh, is through a mobile device. So a lot of the things in, um, you know, we're used to seeing content today on IMAX screens, uh, large video wall screens on, in your concerts. But how do you showcase augment reality in that way? So with us, a lot of our clients are like, well, how are people going to see it? Are they going to see it through their phone or are they going to see it on stage? Obviously, they can't see it on stage, but they will see it on the IMAX screen uh, composited for, um, for the entire uh, audience. Uh, so I think that's the biggest misconception is um, people think augmented reality is really, and I don't know how they think this, but they think it's just going to appear on stage. And, and that's something that just doesn't happen uh, with the technology just yet. Abracadabra, I want it to appear. Poof. I guess it doesn't work that way. So, so throw this question to Sean. Um, does augmented reality and a virtual set experience require any special camera equipment? You know, if you're trying to create uh, augmented reality, Sean, do you require special cameras or do regular cameras work? Boy, does it ever. Um, you know, so it's a combination. Uh, normal broadcast or film cine style cameras can be used. Gosh, even mobile phone cameras can be used. However, um, there's a, a need for 
3D spatial knowledge um, that's required. Um, and if you think about an object floating in front of you, we need to know where you are, we need to know where the camera is, and we need to know where the object is going to be. And so we have to supplement the cameras that we use for traditional tools like broadcast or filmmaking or, or advertisement uh, with uh, special tracking sensors in order to know where the cameras are. And then if we want to, to, to absolutely track the objects with accuracy, we have to add additional sensors in order to know where those objects are going to be. That sounds like a lot of knowledge and a lot of data and zeros and ones knowing you know, exactly where things are for it really to work right. So I'm going to throw this to Jeff. Jeff, what would you say, in your opinion, is the most important technical challenge in deploying augmented reality for live events that you've experienced from the manufacturer side? Well, there's a number of them. So one of them, uh, Sean was just mentioning, was tracking. Getting the tracking rights really important. So we need to understand, you know, the camera image that's coming from the real world, the optical we'll call it the optical uh, world versus the digital world. The digital world has to be rendered to match the optical world. So um, tracking is super important. Um, if we get it wrong, then it doesn't look correct or objects uh, don't show up where they're supposed to be. So that's one thing. Uh, I think getting the creative elements, uh, like, like uh, getting the creative elements uh, figured out so that they make sense uh, that the composited image is going to look the way you expect it to uh, is, uh, is a big part of it as well. And that's partly uh, the artistic part that comes in as well, right? Um, uh, and so it's, it's using the technology in a way that's going to achieve the result that you're going, uh, going for. Cool. Well, well that uh, sounds, sounds super technical that you have to kind of know where your, uh, your, your optical view is and where your computer-generated objects are and, and keep everything in the right place and, and track. And then there is lighting. Oh, my goodness. And then there is lighting. Um, so I'm going to throw this to Berto. Um, are there uh, any creative limits to what can be displayed in an augmented reality or a virtual set experience? I mean... I don't, I mean, today, I think we're all, we're really limited by technology. Um, and uh, a big limitation also is occlusion is so explain occlusion just so everybody knows. Uh, occlusion, I think it's so occlusion is a way of kind of, I mean, there's different versions of this, but um, there's occlusions of being able to have your graphic and your physical world match together. Um, as Jeff said, lighting is very important. So whether uh, you have just let's talk about a sphere um, here in our 3D scene, and you know we have physical light from our world, um, as you can see when you have a sphere you, or an HDRI image, um, it casts the light from one direction. Um, so if we look at our, our at our physical world, the, the lighting is you know casted from one direction. We should be able to match that. Uh, but not only that, um, occlusion also should um, is a way of including the 3D uh, graphic inside your physical space. So for example, one of the hardest things to do today with uh, AR is having a person walk behind and in front of an object. Um, there's different ways of achieving that. Um, but today we are working more in a 2D uh, pixel space than a 3D pixel space. Um, so I think that occlusion is gonna get better once we have better uh, AI depth occlusion and depth sensors and volumetric cameras, maybe some light field cameras that can help that. But not only that, occlusion is also reflection. 
um, how do we get the, reflect the, the reflection of the real world onto a physical uh, object or virtual object and vice versa? Wow, that is a very interesting answer. And uh, I don't know how, uh, I feel like I just geeked out a little bit on my occlusion, but I asked the question uh, and, uh, and I, it was a very constructive answer. So I'm gonna throw this to Sean. Sean, how can presenters and performers interact with AR objects on stage? So even though I'm putting my hands out to magically hold a, uh, a, a bucket of something, maybe it's a bucket of beer or money, whatever, uh, how does that really work? Absolutely. So as Berto just mentioned, um, occlusion becomes a big part of it. We need to know that the object is in front of the real person or behind the real person or they're within the virtual set. So kind of understanding that layering of where things are is very important to interacting with virtual um, uh, elements. Uh, a trick that we're able to do is we're able to use uh, trackers, um, GPS locators or IR locators, um, where we can know where your hand is by the dot. And anyone that's watched any like behind the scenes footage of making films and those motion capture suits that they wear, um, you know, knowing where the parts of your body are in 3D space is very important to being able to interact with um, virtual objects that really aren't there in front of you. They're going to show up after camera. They're going to show up on screen, but but they're not there. So as we work with presenters, it's very important to provide them some confidence of what they're actually doing. And so with the you know very, very, very close to real-time technology that's available right now, we can provide confidence monitors uh, for a presenter or an entertainer or a, part, uh, a performer on stage to be able to see how they're interacting with a virtual element. Again, to go back to my um, uh, metaphor and an example of a DNA strand, you know, that the presenter knows that they're spinning and turning the DNA strand because they're looking at it on a monitor in front of them as, as part of their uh, performance or presentation. That sounds super cool. I wonder how difficult it is for the performers to learn to adapt to this, um, uh, how do I say, this imaginary world of objects. Um, you know, it seems like that, that seems like a, a little leap of faith. They have to just kind of get over the hump. So Jeff, how long have you guys been making augmented reality equipment and how long has, have you guys been in that business? And, and how, what have you seen, the, how the business has evolved so far? Yeah, so we've been at it for, I don't know, probably seven or eight years now, I guess. Um, you know, one of the big things that's changed is rendering. So the capabilities of uh, the render engines and the sophistication of the objects that we can generate, the virtual environments, the augmented reality elements, uh, it's night and day from you know from years ago. It's and <clears throat> it's gotten so much easier. Some of the things that we used to have to bake into the models now render in real time. So uh, the uh, the capabilities have really changed as a result of uh, game engine render technology. So the same stuff, the exact same stuff that is is being used for these hyper realistic uh, gaming systems, we're using that. Uh, to generate uh, virtual and aug augmented reality now. And so you're saying you're playing a big video game? Uh, in real time, uh, in a live presentation or a live production, absolutely. And we can do, we can push the boundaries. We can do, you know, uh, rain raindrops. We can do, like, a, a, we've got fit access to physic, physical elements. The example Sean uh, mentioned earlier of, uh, you know, product launches and things like that. Well, you could have a model of a car. 
on stage next to you without actually physically having to bring the car in. And it's going to look like the real car. You just saved a lot of money not bringing a car in and, 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 and driving it in and having to take the battery and unplug it and the gas and all that stuff. Um, you know, this imaginary world might have some cost savings. And one of, one of the big things now, you know, with, uh, with LED screens is we're getting into driving the backgrounds and the LED screens with these environments and having them track the cameras in front. So now we can generate these, uh, these kind of immersive environments uh, and do Mandalorian style, using air quotes, productions of people have heard about how, that's, how that uh, work is being done. Um, and we can bring that to uh, other other types of um, live events and productions, and and it's really cool what's possible. Right now, everybody's remote, right? And so the in-person physical live events uh, aren't happening so much these days. But you can generate a really cool uh, uh, remote live event using this technology in a in a super compelling way, and uh, have amazing production values on it. I like the term amazing production values. That like totally jazzes me, Jeff. You just, those, those, the hash, that's a hashtag. So I'm going to throw this to Berto. Berto, what would a successful approach for a creative team and a, a technical equipment provider uh, work together to deploy a live AR event? What would you design that approach or how, how, what's the best way to make it work? Yeah, I think, you know, with our experience, uh, one of the biggest things that I think is very important is, you know, gathering all the teams involved, uh, whether it's a camera director, um, stage managers, uh, content creation team, um, even the people that are building the actual stage, uh, you know, having all these people um, get together and really have a discussion. We've actually done, um, as we know, this technology is, you know, very pricey. So it, it's, it's, you know, you want it to go as well as possible. So I think the biggest thing is, yeah, you, you know, educating everyone that's a part of the production um, to be able to, you know, create the ultimate experience. Um, we were on shows before where, you know, the director didn't even know that we were doing augmented reality. Um, another thing too, is that they don't even know uh, how to cut between these cameras. It, it, once you add a layer of, of AR, everything just seems uh, to become very complicated. Um, and directors don't understand how that works. So I think um, educating everyone um, that is a part of that um, that specific show or uh, implementation of AR is one of the most important things, I would say, um, to make it successful. Okay, guys. Well, this, this is my last question, and I'm going to throw it out for all of you to opine. I'm going to start with Sean. Um, you know, what developments can we look forward for AR into the future? And do you think AR will become a bigger part of our world? So, Sean, why don't you opine? Absolutely. I believe that AR is going to be a part of uh, most all productions moving forward. And I use this example of when um, these new technologies are done well, they just become a part of our how we understand um, the workflow. Um, so if you look at a professional football, um, for years, we have been looking at tracking uh, markers and lines and putting dots underneath players and extruding um, uh, titles uh, in a broadcast uh, workflow. And um, the audience doesn't even think about that anymore. It's just a natural part of watching the sport. Uh, and so I truly feel that as we move forward in entertainment, as we move forward in uh, more corporate productions, 
uh, as we move forward in creative productions, um, these elements that that accentuate and augment our experience are just going to become a more and more regular part of our process. Okay, Jeff, your thoughts. Uh, add to what Sean had to say, and then Roberto, you can bring us home. Well, it's it's hard to top that. I, I concur with Sean. I think you know um, one of the key things is tracking from cameras and a variety of ways of, of doing that. And the more that becomes uh, available and ubiquitous, the easier it is to implement AR in you know any type of um, production. And why not? I mean, if you can enhance the uh, the look of the production, tell stories uh, more easily and better, uh, then. Um, you know, I think we'll see more and more of this uh, just embedded, and and I agree that that we'll stop thinking about it that way. You just it'll just be something that you'll come to expect. We are going to have high expectations in the future of really cool stuff. So, Berto, take me into the future. Take me into your crystal ball, and let's just go two to five years from now. Oh, your crystal ball is round. Okay, so take me into the future of augmented reality, and what cool things will people expect? Yeah, so you know, I think, uh, you know, I think a lot. Uh, I don't know if it's right, but um, yeah, I, I think the future of you know augmented reality is that it's going to be everywhere. Um, you know, I'm not sure if in five years we're going to get to the point where we actually wear contacts and that is our AR device. But we, there is companies. I believe there's a company called Mojo that's working on that. And yeah, I, I think that in the future, augmented reality, uh, you know, it, it's great for entertainment, but also it's going to aid. Uh, humanity, I hope, in a way where, you know, if someone can't see, they can actually have these virtual glasses that are connected to the neural link that can actually speak to your brain so that you can actually see the world, right? Because, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be a really crazy future that we're going to live in, and, and it's a lot closer than we think. Um, you know, a lot of AI implementations in the technology are going to aid it as well. And uh, the biggest thing here is, you know, making it more affordable for everyone at home to actually experience the technology and not just larger productions um, that we're a part of and we're fortunate of that. But I, I would love for everyone in the world to experience augmented reality in, in one shape or form. Well, guys, today I got totally jazzed about learning and hearing your thoughts on augmented reality in the future. And uh, I, I think it's coming, ready or not, whether we like it or not. And it sounds like it's going to make our world's cooler, better, and we're going to have greater experiences. I want to thank Jeff Moore from Ross, uh, Berto Mora from All of It Now, and Sean Borowski from Brainbox. You all are amazing people and uh, keep all this cool technology rolling as we uh, continue to develop productions into the future and the world gets back to some form of normal. Thank you all again. This is Les Goldberg and The Road Ahead. Thank you very much, Les. Nice. Okay, thanks, Les.